0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoHoops when you deposit for our free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by Benny Ricciardi every Monday as we are back again breaking down the latest fantasy basketball news. We'll be breaking down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and we'll talk about the top three guys that you should be selling in terms of ads in your season-long leagues. Uh, You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS, and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider Podcast over at thefantasyhoopsinsider.com. The Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher for your download and convenience. So don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, welcome to another week of season-long fantasy basketball action.
2: Yeah, I actually had a um, pretty good week last week. I won my head-to-head league again, so doing pretty well there. Um, I actually lost in a few categories in my Roto League, so there's a a little bit of lineup tweaking I need to do. I need to go find some blocks and steals, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, never an easy thing to, you know, to kind of go get, because some of those guys hurt you in other categories, so I got a little bit of homework I got to do this week to try to figure out how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to raise that without ruining myself in some other spots that I'm, you know, in a tight race with some other guys in, so... Interesting. Interesting stuff to consider.
1: Yeah, I had my first losing week in a while, so I fell down to second place in my head-to-head league there. I got burned by a lot of snow um, postponements, and not Uh. not enough of those got made back on Saturday. Not enough of those got made up on Sunday. So um, that hurt, and then along with uh, Pachulia, uh, getting injured uh, towards the middle of the week, so both of those things sort of comboed for me to lose to three five with a tie. Otherwise, I was in p- pretty good position to at least win six to three. So that's something that just happens in weekly leagues when you when you have lineup lock and you just got to go uh, back to the drawing board a little bit here. But um, aside from that, I think I'm in pretty good shape overall, holding steady in third place with um, I think what could be could work out to be a really good trade for me i just i'm gonna get your your take on this and then we'll move forward to the box score breakdowns i traded straight up um rudy gay for tyreek evans and just to give you a little bit of context in the trade uh this is a nine category league with a sister turnover as the last category and um in, in terms of a sister turnover i am third to last uh, and then this is a fourteen team league. So I have the most points to gain overall from assisted turnover and I'm I lead the league in scoring. Uh and you know and you know, I guess the next best thing you could say Rudy Gay probably does is You know, rebounding, and I'm I'm 11th out of 14 there, so I'm in pretty good shape. But I'm only eighth in assist and uh, third to last in assisted turnover. And I think what happened is I caught a reactionary owner. Uh, If you saw another site, not named RotoWire, by the way, who sort of published little um, uh, buy or sell article talking about um, you know Tyreek Evans as a potential shutdown candidate, I think that scared the pants off of that guy and was like, I need to go. Find somebody who will give me something for for Tyreek Evans right now, uh, which makes some sense. But I never think about shutdown candidates in January. First of all, S- second of all, um, the Pelicans have actually been winning a few games as of late, uh, so which definitely helps out the stock or you know of uh, of guys like Tyreek Evans who people could think about shutting down. And the third thing is now they lost Eric Gordon. Whether or not they were thinking about resting Tyreek Evans, they're definitely shorthanded. Um, mm-hmm. in, in this spot, so they're going to whether or not he was going to sort of, uh, you know, sort of trim the minutes now. Now they have a lot less opportunity to do so. So, your your quick thoughts on that trade? Then we'll move forward.
2: Yeah, I mean the other side of that trade too is, is the way I want to kind of go with it too. You got Willie Cauley Stein back now, so they're not going with Boogie at center and you know, um, Rudy Gay at the power forward spot anymore. So that'll probably hurt his rebounding as well because now he's going to be back to play in the three, which is, also, which is also a tougher matchup for him because if you think about some of the best defensive players in the league, you know, small forward is where a lot of them reside or, you know, on the wing spots. Mm-hmm. You know, when they play Chicago now, he's going to get matched up with Jimmy Butler. They play San Antonio, he's going to get matched up with Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so on down the list. So right. I think that... You know, you're, you're probably trading Rudy Gay, and Rudy Gay's hurt right now too. So you're probably traded Rudy Gay away at a good time to get rid of him. And I think Tyreek Evans is a really good haul on the way back. So I'm perfectly on board with it. I like it a lot.
1: All right, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I thought I I got lucky to sort because of, I was thinking, you know what, I need to go find a trade partner who who take a guard, but I it was I was you know we've been swamped, and I, I um, personally. Um, it, it's always hard to go so- pluck a point guard off of somebody's mm-hmm. roster. I usually have to overpay just a little bit, and I have almost no roster depth. Everybody who's on my bench right now, with exception of one guy, is injured. I've been ro- i have you know, Pachulia and Steven Adams who fell by the wayside, and Alec Burks who I sort of was hoping would come back sooner than later to sort of you know, since he was playing that point guard role, and I thought he could give me a little artificial boost. Um, Mm -hmm. an assist once he got back into the lineup, so sort of hope, kind of banking on that, and now I'm able to um. Roll with Tyreek Ty- Ty- Evans, so hopefully that's something that can uh, create an impact for my team. Let's go ahead and talk about the guys who made an impact on Sunday here, Benny. We'll start here with the uh, number one matchup uh, that we have uh, on our list here, and this was Dallas versus Houston. Houston leads a nice comeback late in the third quarter um, to, to cut the lead to one and then just runs away with it in the fourth quarter. Let's talk about what you see here in terms of fantasy impact in this game.
2: Uh, well, let's start on the Houston side because there's a couple interesting things that are going on over there. Um, let's see. They, they've decided to kind of mess with the rotation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know Dwight Howard is out, but you know the way that the coach was talking, this is something that they're going to do whether Howard's in there or not, where they're going to go with a little bit more of a small ball lineup. So they started Ariza and Brewer at the three and the four with uh, Harden and Beverly, who came back as well at, at the guard spot. So, you know, w- let's go through this, because there's actually a lot of stuff for fantasy here. You got Beverly back, so that kind of takes whatever value Ty Lawson kind of has off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, Beverly is probably going to be the one who sees more minutes. And again, fantasy-wise, I'm more worried about guys going up against Beverly than I am about having Beverly on my team. He is a good defensive player, Um although people have still been putting up good numbers because of the pace that Houston plays at. Mm. But, you know, to me, he's more of a guy I'm worried about using guys against than I am about worrying about him. But it does take Ty Lawson off the table or Jason Terry, if anybody was using those guys. You know, Lawson was a decent option. Terry has not been a good option in a while. But, you know, that's that. At the forward spot, I think Brewer is now somebody you've got to look at if they're going to stick with this small ball lineup. Because he's been seeing more minutes lately and putting up decent numbers, you know he's one of those guys that I was actually talking about when I was saying some of the guys that I'm kind of looking at. You know, it's a 12-team league, the the roto league that I'm in, and you have a pretty deep bench. You have 10 bench spots, which is you know more than you usually have in a lot of leagues. So he's a guy that I'm thinking about picking up because he can get me some steals and blocks, which are categories that you know are usually tough to fill. He doesn't get a ton of scoring. You know, get a couple. Get a couple rounds, nothing spectacular, but um, he can help you there. Ariza has been playing better. You know, this game he played great, hit six of nine three pointers, put up 29 points. You know, again, Ariza's value is kind of tied to his shooting because he'll do a little bit of the other stuff, but when he really helps you out, is you know, he's he's basically a spot up corner shooter. So earlier in the year, he wasn't hitting anything and was killing you. So there's a chance that somebody might have dropped him and put him on the waiver wire. Um, So he's a guy that you got to look at too. And then the guy off the bench for them that is somebody I think we need to talk about right now is Josh Smith. Now, he's got ups to his game and downside to his game, but he can help you in the blocks and steals category. And he got traded over the Houston this weekend. In the two games that he's been part of the Rockets team, he's already played over 20, 25 minutes in both of them. And he's put up some decent stat lines. you know. Like I said, nothing crazy in the scoring, although he's taking a ton of shots. He will absolutely murder your field goal percentage um, and your three-point shooting percentage if those are stats that you count in your league because he just chucks. But he'll get a couple steals, he'll get a couple blocks, he'll get a couple rebounds. He was on the floor when they were making that comeback. And depending on what site you play your season-long games on, some places he's a small forward, some places he's a power forward. So I think that he's somebody that in like a 12 or 14 team league, you know, you might want to keep an eye on. I wouldn't jump and throw him on my roster yet. I want to see how much time he gets because they still have guys like Terrence Jones and Capella and eventually Dwight Howard's coming back. It's not like Howard's out for the year, but it does make me a little concerned because they did go out and make like a trade for this guy. Meaning that maybe they know something about you know either Monte Junis or Howard that the rest of us don't that you know one or both of those guys could be out for an extended period and they felt like they needed more depth so it's just something to keep an eye on on the Houston side over there
1: yeah I totally agree with you there as well so I think what happened in my guess this is just speculation is that uh, Doc Rivers is well documented that he that Chris um, that Josh Smith has been in his doghouse and even um, Josh Smith came over and said, "You know what? I made a mistake signing with the Clippers. Uh, there as well. And he might have just went with a situation where he thought that was uh, um, maybe a little bit more money for him. As the only reason I could really feel like, because he, you know, definitely he went out and preferred to, to sign with 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 Houston. And you know, Houston is sort of scrapped in terms of cap space after you know paying what they paying Harden and um, Ariza, Parsons, and now um, James Harden." So I I could definitely see him saying I'll take a couple extra million for a team that was that actually defeated Houston uh, in the playoffs there. So he thought it was probably a good playoffs um, you know position spot and it definitely still is. But you know Houston is right there in the mix of the playoffs there as well. And although they don't have as good of a record as last year, so I, I think now he understands he's in a better situation with a team that you know um, likes him <laughs> more in the rotation than than Doc Rivers does because Doc Rivers clearly did not prefer him when he was getting DMPCD with you know Blake Griffin. Uh, and DeAndre Jordan out of the lineup. So um, I, I'm with you with Corey Brewer there as well. We quickly want to mention uh, Salah Mejri uh, that here, uh, who gets a surprise start um, over, um, we thought was going to be JaVale McGee as a fill-in guy uh, for Zaza Pachuli here. Your thoughts on his initial um, performance there played very well. Double-doubled there um, was just a, a, a factor. You could hear, like I was listening to the Rockets broadcast in, in the car uh, for there a while, and they were just openly complaining about how bad measure was was um, dominating them inside, especially with no, no Dwight Howard there. So um, do you feel like this guy um, has earned himself some minutes There overall, is he a legitimate threat to Pachulia, or how do you see this end up shaking out?
2: Yeah, I don't think he's a legit threat to Pachulia. I think when Pachulia is healthy, he's easily the number one there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the coach was talking about how he liked this guy even before that game Mm -hmm. and how he was looking to try to get him some minutes. So I don't think he's – I think that the minutes that he gets is going to be the problem. But based on what I saw – and again, it's one game. But in that one game, the guy kind of proved that he could play a little bit. So, you know, I don't think his minutes are going to be solid enough for us to consider him as somebody that we got to throw onto our rosters. But he's definitely somebody that you click the little flag on the watch list for because if Petrullia does happen to be out for an extended period of time, you know, I think this guy is somebody you can pick up off waiver wires that I don't think he's going to get you a double-double every game. But if he's playing the kind of minutes that he has been, And he's playing the role that Pachulia has. I mean, let's face it, Pachulia was basically getting you a double-double every game. So if this guy can step in and do 85% of what Pachulia was doing, he's probably better than most of the other guys you're going to find or be able to pick up off waivers.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So somebody we definitely need to monitor uh, going forward, just at least as as the direct handcuff for the next guy in line. Uh, A little bit more productive and trustworthy than a guy like JaVale McGee, who's um, just, you know, sort of always fancied himself to have a bigger role than he actually has in Mm a lot of like a like a freelancer i don't know what what a a good comp for him is uh i guess like let's sort of similar talk to like uh damakang su they complained about him like just you know going off script and and doing things that you shouldn't be doing rather than sticking to uh you know like his defensive assignment and stuff like that so um yeah so some somebody who's at least painted himself onto the radar all right uh let's go ahead and move on to the la clippers the aforementioned uh, doc rivers team here and talk about th- this matchup here toronto handles them overall 112 to 94 clippers um really didn't do much uh to to stay in this game after getting waxed in the second quarter 35 to 13 uh come out and just you know they never really chip into the uh the lead in the, in the second half and uh you know kyle lowry and company sort of throw it into cruise control overall your thoughts on the fancy impact uh for this
0: box score
2: Yeah, I mean, it kind of turned into a little bit of a blowout, so I don't want to take a ton away from it. Um, What I do want to take away from it or kind of let people know is, like, Toronto is legit. Like, they, to me, they might be the second or third best team in the East. Um, You know, obviously I have Cleveland as number one, but, you know, I think a matchup with them and the Bulls, like, I kind of favor Toronto in that situation, to be honest with you. Um, You know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are legit. They're the top two guys. You know, maybe Valakunas would be, like, the only other guy that I would really consider on that team. Um, you know, again, you can't really take too much out of a 20-point blowout where they took their their foot off the pedal. Um, but I do really like this Toronto team, and I think they got, you know, they got talent and they got upside. On the Clipper side, um, I think the only thing that I really noticed on the Clipper side, and again, he actually didn't even start Um, this game, but he did wind up playing more minutes than the other forward options that they have there. I kind of like Wesley Johnson a little bit now that Josh Smith is out. You know, with Josh Smith out, you figure it kind of thins out the craziness that they have at that small forward spot. You know, the problem I have with picking up Wes Johnson right now, though, is if everything I've read is correct, Blake Griffin is expected back sometime in like the next week or so. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have a huge shelf life on it. But He's a, he's a viable option. I mean, if you look at the forwards that they're rolling out there, Mute actually played 29 minutes, 6 points, 1 rebound, no assist, 1 steal, 1 block. Um, Paul Pierce, 16 minutes, 4 points. I don't even know if he did anything else. 5 rebounds, 3 assists. You know, Wes Johnson actually didn't have a... Well, none of them really had a good game, but Wes had had a couple good games before this. You know, West went 6 points, 4 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Uh-huh. You know, again, if you, if you're, st- I'm still trying to figure out who the forward option on the Clippers team that I want to own is. You know, like I said, right now there's really not the much there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, right now there's not really much there. You know, Wes Johnson is the only guy that I'm kind of looking at a little bit. But to me, it's still, right now at least, it's DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul. And then J.J. Redick, who's also been scoring and, and, and shooting. You know, if you need some three-point shooting or you need scoring... Those are basically the two stats that he gives you. So if you can handle a two stat guy like that, or if you need the three point shooting, you know he's the only other guy in this team that I'd consider. You know, if you have Chris Paul, you have DeAndre Jordan, you know they're studs. You're probably rolling about there every day anyway.
1: Yeah, and and on the Toronto side there as well, James Thompson continues to start, continues to provide you provide you with zero value. Luis Scola got hated on uh, in this matchup there, 18 minutes and did nothing but five rebounds and one assist, a steal and a block, scored zero points. Um, and then the only person you can sort of make a little bit of a case for here is um Corey Joseph and to a lesser extent Bismack Biombo, who had a nice game off the bench but probably played a little bit more minutes than he normally does because this was sort of a blowout there. But Corey Joseph's been holding steady at twenty two to twenty six ish minutes. There scores twelve points, uh three assists. Really only probably like fourteen team uh league uh you know, uh viable and above. Um, in, in those spots there. But, um, you know, nice performance overall. So Toronto guys, studs who you normally playing did their thing, and we really don't really want to get exposure to nobody else sort of breaking out from the mold um out of the guys that we mentioned here so we'll move on to the boston versus philadelphia game here um boston sort of separates himself uh in the fourth quarter uh taking uh you know extending the lead by five so uh, put the game away ended up winning out by 20 but you got the majority of the minutes that you wanted from almost everybody isaiah thomas was only limited to 25 minutes because they had a the game in hand but he still scored 20 points avery bradley And company played 30 minutes. All the rest of the starters, aside from Mayor Johnson, um, uh, played uh, about normal minutes there as well. And one of the situations where I really regretted for DFS for Sunday was not paying up for Robert Covington because I gave some credit to Jay Catter, who is a pretty good defender. And I ended up pivoting to to, uh, Jaleel Okafor, who was cheaper in the lineup uh, in in DFS. And that was the wrong move because uh, Robert Covington makes it rain from three. Uh, there as well and came up with eight rebounds so he was a preferred option who probably could have made a, a, the difference between me cashing and not cashing uh, in my double ups on Sunday there it was a, it was a close call so uh, your thoughts overall on what we could see from uh, this performance
2: yeah I mean let me give you let me give you my thoughts on the Celtics real quick I am not really huge on anybody on this team right now for fantasy purposes and I'm going to just explain why, why real quick everybody's healthy for them again Uh so you're getting 25 to 30 minutes out of Avery Bradley Isaiah Thomas Marcus Smart and even Evan Turner at the guard spots Uh the one guy who has consistently played over 30 minutes is Jay Crowder who again had a pretty good game here and has been you know pretty solid all season long he's probably my favorite Celtic um you know to have on a fantasy team because he's the guy with the safest minutes and then you look at the forward and center spot, you got guys like Olenek and Sellinger and Amir Johnson and, um, you know, David Lee, who didn't even play this game, coach's decision. Uh, Jonas Jerebko played 20 minutes in this game. So, you know, Tyler Zeller got some, got some run. Brad Stevens basically is going to do this. Whether we like it or not, he's going to give everybody on the team like 25 to 30 minutes. Nobody's going to play 30, 35 minutes. Um, and that really does tick down everybody's fantasy value a little bit because you're not going to get those huge upside games out of any of these guys if they're not playing more than, you know, basically like half the game at this point. So I have kind of tried to, you know, cull the herd on my lineups with a lot of these Boston guys, you know, like I packaged Isaiah Thomas recently in a trade. I had Avery Bradley on another team that I packaged in the trade. Um, You know, I just, I really just don't want to have a lot of exposure to this team in fantasy unless we start getting some injuries and a couple guys out. Because if you get Thomas or Bradley or Smart injured again, you know then the other guys are going to benefit with 30 to 35 minutes and be better you know, options. But right now, with all of them healthy, I feel like it's a tough team to really be targeting guys. Um, then going to the Philly side of the ball, you know, Ishmith had a horrible game, but point guards always struggle against the Boston Celtics. I don't really know why because Isaiah Thomas is not really a great defender. Mm-hmm. It might have something to do. I didn't watch this game. I don't know. Do they have Avery Bradley on him? Because that would make more sense to me.
1: I don't. I didn't um, watch it either, but you know what? I think just as a whole, because if you look at them one through five, uh, everyone else – as a whole defense pretty well. So if Isaiah Thomas can just filter him um, to help defense, that it's going to make him look like a better defender than he is overall. Cause Bradley is a top notch defender. i probably deserves to be all NBA, some team. Uh, mm-hmm. uh there there as well and the, and jay crowder is a monster defender too mayor johnson's always held his own uh he had a block shot in um in this game as well and he's comfortable with the sort of um you know uh role player type there you know he comes up with 12 rebounds 5 assists and only takes three
2: shots in 20 plus yeah. minutes as a starter and so, that's and like you said that's what he does that's right. his role and he's perfectly fine with it
1: right so i think they played like tremendous team defense overall, which is definitely what you need from, from stand, Isaiah Thomas' standpoint. And, that's, and you have to keep in mind, too, like whether or not you thought Isaiah Thomas was a good defender or not, he was on a lot of those Sacramento teams and spent half a season in Phoenix where those guys were in, in the bottom five in the league consistently also season long. So fair or unfair, he got tagged as a bad defender because of his side and size. And we don't know, actually know like individually how well he does. I think like from a speed perspective, no one one's really like blowing by him because he's one of the fastest players in the league. He just mm-hmm. is not going to block anybody's shot, you know, or, you know, yeah. some, you can shoot over the guy is the, the only sort of situation you could take advantage of. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think we need probably just need to say, You know, um, we should like reevaluate as to whether or not Isaiah Thomas is actually a bad defender because probably he's pretty good at doing what Brad Stevens wants him to do uh overall so there and then th- think about the second unit too as uh, well Marcus Martin is another guy who um is a is a plus defender and he mm-hmm. he soaks up some of some of those minutes at the point guard position while Isaiah Thomas up. he came up with four steals in that game there as well so um he does get some help uh um uh, from his backup um so yeah aside from that I don't think we learned too much except for the fact that like Jakar Sampson d- matters none uh overall jeremy grant has been shifted back into that re- reserve role who knows how long that's going to hold overall mm-hmm. but they still have like a, a serious situation with uh their their two guard uh overall and they i don't think they've really figured out an, an overall identity aside from the fact that as robert compton every now and then is going to go off for games like this Ish smith we've seen do do sort of the same thing so it's like i don't mm-hmm. know sort of good luck predicting which of the guys on you know uh on uh, philadelphia is the most trustworthy if you would have asked me before this game i would have said Jill okafor is the most tr- trustworthy scorer but probably made maybe it would have just been a mistake trying to um uh, target that team in terms of fantasy value but the price was very cheap yeah. in dfs so less lesson learned there
2: yeah well let me let me ask you a quick question here or actually four quick questions for the rest of the season would ishmith be a guy you'd want on your team yes for the okay, most which, part,
1: just because he's a starting point guard and those, you don't, you just don't get those like off the wire anywhere. In okay.
2: How, how about Okafor? Yes. Noel? Uh,
1: you know, I'm, uh, I, he has value overall, but he's not a guy that I like for my season long teams for the most part because of the terrible free throw percentage. So I, I, I love him okay. in the category as like he has value everywhere else, but I don't want him on my team.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Do we feel Covington is back and is, you know, because at points during this season earlier in the year, Uh like, he was a top 10 small forward. Yeah. You know, hitting threes, getting steals, you know, scoring points, doing a little bit of everything. And then he was literally a bottom 10 small forward where you were like, why the hell did I waste a draft pick on this guy?
1: I think he is is back and he should – and he's probably – most people who – like uh, took a chance on him, didn't drop him because they know how Phoenix is with their rotations, and you just like know eventually like somebody is going to get injured or make it back into the lineup. Same way with like Jeremy Grant keeps getting starts because Noel gets hurt or Robin Covington has a bad stretch and they decide to start him instead. So they all like end up being ownable on in in one form or or another. I just don't want. I just don't trust him enough to be productive. But if he was on the wire, okay. I would I would grab him. Would yeah. Well, that was
2: that guy. was actually going to be my next question. With Covington is. If you had him, would you keep him? If you didn't have him, would you pick him up? And then, if somebody offered him to you, would you want to trade for him?
1: Yes, yes, and no is the third one. I don't trust him enough to be consistent. I think he's going to hurt you in terms of like field goal percentage uh, there as mm. well, and the scoring like is going to be very uneven. You're, you can get a twenty-five point game out of this, and you can get a five point game the next game. Yeah, so, I think
2: I think I'd agree a hundred percent with with what you said there. With that, that's our, the way I look at it too.
1: Alright, fair enough. Uh, before we move on to the next box score, I want to let you know that you can be part of the action all season long here at DraftKings.com, the official Daily Fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenges for You can challenge your friends here in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com right now and enter the promo code RotoHoops to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code RotoHoops at DraftKings.com. All right. uh, Thanks for the reminder, (laughs) (laughs) by the way. All (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and put a wrap up. On this uh, short four-game Sunday slate, we're going to be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder with a surprise loss here um, against the 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 Brooklyn Nets. This has really shocked me too because I actually thought, you know, for all my uh, sports betting buddies out there, that you should you should get actually if there was a game that you were going to bet, or I was going to bet, and you're in one of those states that allows betting, then I would have felt fairly comfortable laying the. 14.5 14 and a half that, that the line was. And not only does uh, Brooklyn win, they almost cover the fourteen and a half as if they were the favorites there. 116 yeah. to 106 was the win. This was a little, The only good thing you could say about this is the the initial concern was like blowout potential and how many minutes Russell Westbrook and Durant were going to play. They almost played 40 minutes together. They, they, they had to play heavy minutes to try to get them back into the game. Didn't happen. But almost anyone that you used – on either side of the ball, pretty much provided some level of fantasy value, but you definitely sort of profited on the Brooklyn side here uh, overall. Uh, Your thoughts on this box score?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this game went, you know, it didn't go as people expected it to go, but I think you got the production from who you expected to get it from. You look at OKC, you know, Westbrook went, what, 27, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Durant went 32 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists pretty much what you expect from those guys numbers around the triple double every game when they get full run Uh um the only literally the only other guy on OKC who I would even think is rosterable is Serge Ibaka who had a little bit of a tough game he had 10 points eight rebounds uh an assist a block and a steal which again is kind of an Ibaka game like that's pretty much what he does he'll rebound for you he'll get you a steal you know a couple of those defensive stats and he'll put up enough points to make himself viable so I don't think anything was really that out of line. I think the one thing that people need to realize, all these people who keep saying, well, Ennis Cantor can score and Ennis Cantor can rebound and Ennis Cantor should be starting over Steven Adams. He is an absolutely atrocious defensive player. And if you don't believe me, just look at Brook Lopez's stat line, who, no surprise, Brook Lopez was the guy who did most of the work for Brooklyn, as he has been all season, 31 points, 10 rebounds. You know, I think the thing that I take away from this is I'm starting any center that I have against Oklahoma City for the next week or so until Steven Adams comes back because Collison and Kanter are not going to stop anybody at the center spot.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually a little bit surprised too that, that um, Ibaka wasn't uh, uh, like able to handle um brook lopez who was destroying them inside there that that really surprised me overall because he is known as a as a quality uh defender overall but you just saw him like you saw like if you saw like the highlights or watched this game brook lopez was getting everything that he wanted and that doesn't really surprise me against Carlson, but that should also set up um you know um uh Serge Ibaka pretty well to be helping on the weak side cuz he can leave his man um you know, and uh not get burned too, too much overall. I mean, Sun did damage on the boards but only scored 14 points. You know, it was held to 7 of 17. So he he should have been mm-hmm. able to help as as much as he wanted to help. He only comes up with one uh block shot. Um and that and he really needed to be a bigger factor on the boards than that. So uh, or, you know, in in the paint in terms of block shots. So uh, that sort of doesn't really give you the the picture of what we need for fantasy value. I think what we what you can sort of um, derive from here is Dion Waiters is still getting heavy minutes along with Cantor. Those are the only two guys you can really trust off the off the bench. DJ Augustine, um, anybody who thought he was the handcuff to Russell Westbrook, it's Cameron Payne, the first round draft pick. So DJ Augustine is on the outside looking in, and then on the on this side of it here, it too, it's still a sort of a 20, 27, 28 to 20 split between Donald Sloan and Shane Larkin, which you would prefer, you would hope that they would give more minutes to Sloan because he is, you know, he's playing pretty well and he's still outplaying Shane Larkin. uh, But he's still, you know, he never really reaches into that 33 ish plus range that we would like to see. So he's still going to be a bottom five point guard option, but he's ownable because he's a starting point guard. Uh, mm-hmm. So um,
2: now, do you like do you like Thad Young? Because I actually have Thad in a couple leagues, mm-hmm. and I think he's one of those guys that kind of goes under the radar and a little bit underrated. You know, he doesn't give you huge upside, but he can rebound and he can score, and he's, in my opinion, the number two option on this Nets team.
1: Yeah, I I, be- I believe that there as well. I think he's actually been more consistent than Joe Johnson this season. So uh, I would agree. That's, agree that's with you not there. really.
2: That's not really saying a lot, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, you know,
2: you that, know. that's a low bar. That's a low bar, I think. Right. That's like
1: saying, I, I woke up and rolled out of bed today. You know what yeah. I mean? That's sorry. like saying I
2: can beat my seven-year-old in a foot race. <laughs> like, I'm not in the shape I used to be, but the kid's seven. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not really a high bar here.
1: That is true. That
2: is true. Point taken there, sir.
1: All right. Um. So, yeah. Uh, that young to me is, is trustworthy and underrated all season long. He's just on a terrible team. So, um, this is why people haven't been talking about him more than he is, but yeah. So not too much for us for us to really derive out of this uh, overall, except that you got some extra minutes that you thought you might not get from the, from the local home city thunder and those paid off for you, but you probably profited more if you gambled on one of the Brooklyn guys here in this lineup, which to me is sketchy given the, the spread that was on this game because it's easily been a spot where OKC hammered them by 20 and then limited all the starters to, you know, 18 to 22 minutes on the other side there as well. So
2: I'm, I'm telling you, though, I think people are really going to be surprised at how much OKC struggles without Steven Adams in there because he doesn't do anything that really shows up big on the box score. Mm-hmm. But what he does on the I mean, let's face it, you don't need, you know, people always talk about, oh, well, Cantor can score like. You got Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on your team. Do you need another scorer? Like, is that really what that team needs? Like,
1: I think they're know. running the rotation absolutely fine, as it is. The only problem I have is I actually like D.J. Augustine better than than Cameron Payne. I understand they drafted Cameron Payne, and Cameron Payne's been fine. Like, he's not doing anything that he shouldn't have been doing uh, uh, overall. But, you know, to me, like, I've, I've always been a D.J. Augustine supporter. I think that he could start for, like, five or six teams in the NBA. Like, he would be an automatic... Like he might be the second best player right now on the Brooklyn Nets if they, they were somehow, you know, um, they managed to acquire him. If I was actually the Nets and the G- Nets GM, I would go find out what is, what Augustine costs uh, yeah. right now and plug him in because he's, he would be a definite upgrade over over Larkin and Sloan. And you could, put, you could play Sloan and Larkin together and that would be, be a, like a, a backcourt that would, that would actually make a little bit more sense in, in terms of their their eight-man rotation. Uh, so, and he, and he should be fairly cheap. So, uh, that's just my personal take on the whole situation thing. I've always felt like DJ Oxine got sort of a raw deal. You remember when he was the backup for, for Brandon Jennings, uh, there, when Brandon Jennings went hurt, and he started balling and I control yeah. for
2: Detroit. Well, even even when he was on Chicago, when Derrick Rose went right. down, he, he put up some good numbers. He's like he's over, he and over he's done it over and over, and people
1: have always hated on him. And this never understood it overall because it seems to me like he's, it doesn't seem to me like he's a bad locker room guy, and he does his job. He just gets disrespected for whatever reason. Yep. All right, um, that's going to wrap it up for the box scores here overall. Now let's go ahead and play a, a little game of buy or sell here, Benny. I'm going to talk about the top three ads. And I think we've uh, mentioned one of them overall. But we'll start with the number three guy overall. And this is sort of, I think, a little bit of recency bias here. But Nene Hilario uh, is the number three added player. Over 515 ads here um, recently on him. And I, I guess it's more related to him um, as a recent add into the starting lineup uh, mm-hmm. there with Bradley Beal coming off the bench. I think this is a horrible move, first of all, let me just say, uh, overall. And they get trounced by a shorthanded Miami team. They almost lose by 20 in this matchup. Uh, Overall, they, they start Garrett temple um, over Bradley Beal. And I don't understand this situation at all, if this is related to health or if they want to just spark the bench or something like that. But um, if Gary Neal is, I'm sorry, if uh, Bradley Beal isn't healthy enough to play, why not just sit him Uh, overall, then sort of like play him 25 minutes uh, off the bench. I mean, nothing against Garrett temple uh, overall, but they don't have enough like offensive weapons um, in there. I mean, and here's the other thing that happened too. Uh, uh, Otto Porter missed this game with a sore right hip, so we got Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, tell me something. Starting in the lineup there uh, overall. Um, let's let's just quickly talk about Nene here. He does uh, play well overall, with with the exception of low rebounding numbers for the, for power forward. Uh, score eight of 15, 6 rebounds, comes up with five steals. Buy or sell? Nene as a fancy factor for the rest of the season.
2: I kind of agree with you that I don't think that his production is going to be... I don't think he has upside from where he's at right now. Like I think what you're getting right now is probably the tops of what you're going to get out of him. Um, But I do think he's at at the very least, I do think he's a viable add in 12 and 14 team leagues. Uh 10 team leagues is where I kind of draw the line. I feel like there's better options that you can go get. But he's actually been somebody who's been on my radar a little bit for DFS lately. I mean, the thing you got to realize with Nene is whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, none of that really matters because he's a 24, 25-minute-a-game player. He's always had some health issues, at least recently, and he's not going to be a guy who sees 30, 35 minutes. So he can put up decent numbers in 20, 25 minutes, but that's all he's going to get. So if you're looking for huge upside out of this guy, I don't think you're going to wind up finding it. But if you're desperate and you're in a deep league and, you know, you need a guy that can put up a few points and a few rebounds, maybe block a shot or two for you, you know, I think he's viable on a high-paced team. So I think his numbers will be okay. But I don't think that he's a guy you pick up expecting him to be a starter for you for the rest of the season and a guy who's like a main piece of a team that's going to win a fantasy championship.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. So speculative at at best, not a guy I'm trusting for the rest of the season. I think yeah. is the way we could sort of. I think he's a
2: short. I think he's a short-term plug-in solution. That's okay, but if you're counting on him to be your savior, you're probably not going to be saved.
1: <laughs> I totally agree with you there as well. So let's go ahead and talk about our guy here. We mentioned here earlier in the show uh, Salah Mejri. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Five hundred seventy ads overall. We know the situation here. Surprise starter, fill-in guy. There, um, your take on what fantasy owners can do with him? How useful he'll be?
2: Yeah, I think he's useful short-term. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I, I again, I mean, I haven't, like, looked into the x-rays on Zaza Pachulia or seen, like, how long he's out. But from what I read, it's not like a six- to eight-week kind of injury, you know? Like, he'll be back in a in a week or two. Um, if he's out long-term, then I think that he's a viable option. But if it's only going to be, like, a rental for a week or two, which is what I feel like it's going to be, mm-hmm. he's not taking Zaza's spot. Zaza's a good player. You know, Zaza is, is solid. So... When Zaza comes back, that's still his position. That's still his 30 to 32 minutes a game. Um, He hasn't done anything this year to make me feel like he doesn't deserve that. And, you know, Milwaukee actually found out, you know, this guy's a really good defensive player and a nice anchor to have in the middle there with the rebounding and the shot blocking and, you know, just kind of taking up space down there as a rim protector. It hurts when you don't have this guy in your lineup. So when he comes back, I think he gets put right back into the lineup and, you know that kind of makes uh, Mer- was it Merza Merza? You're better at these pronunciations than I am. Uh-huh. Pretty much irrelevant at that point.
1: Yeah, Merza is a name that is the case that he gave us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I, a good one. I like that. <laughs> all right, um, that's that's all. I'm I'm done with the, the with the songs for today. I, <laughs> I, I promise. Uh, now wait, can I guess is Josh Smith the number one ad? He is not the number one ad, by the Ooh, way. Ad. So okay. I think people who sort of just. Held on to and stashed Josh Smith because he's nowhere on this list right overall. I'd be like, enough people have like I guess kept the faith, and he's not even anywhere in the top ten right now.
2: Well, Um, is that list? When is that list from? Because honestly, if you looked at it like in the last forty-eight hours, I bet you his ads are are pretty high. Like that might be the list from like last week up till Saturday when he was traded. But no,
1: this is regularly refreshed. This is today's information. Um, interesting. So, yeah. Uh, Darren Williams is the number one added, uh, player here overall. And we've seen what he's been doing off the, off the bench here overall, like double digit scoring in, uh, like what five out of the past seven games comes up with a double, double 19 and 14 and 34 minutes. The, the, the shooting percentage was ugly, but otherwise then he's been providing fancy value, uh, overall still in the, um, six man role overall, but being trusted to play some pretty big minutes, uh, for, for this uh, New York Knicks team here. So your, your thoughts on Darren Williams, guy getting 28 minutes plus here in the past three games, as a viable uh, fantasy option off the bench for the New York Knickerbockers.
2: Oh, man. I mean, you know, we have actually talked about him before on a the, on the DFS podcast where he's done this before in his career where he's had like weeks or two and you're like, my God, why is this guy not starting? You know, and, and you much i think he was like a top five pick
1: at on one point too, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he went number two overall to the Minnesota t- Timberwolves. Uh, you, 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 yeah. you broke up for a little bit here over there, but uh, yeah, your question oh, was that he was, um, you know, was he or wasn't he top five? Yes. Um, yeah. In the draft. Yeah. So for Derek Williams, though, I think he's played himself into enough of a role here and off the bench at 28 to 30 plus minutes that you need to pay attention, and he's getting the green light to shoot a ton there. Shot took five uh, shot attempts and has been really good at getting it to the line, which is something Carmelo Anthony does for some reason. And I, I for whatever reason, they just decided to defer a little bit. Maybe Carmelo waved the white flag because just 11 shots overall for him and nine shots for Brazingis is a little bit interesting. He led the team in shots there. So overall, so at least for the short term, he's a he's a guy that you you should probably add and look to get some additional scoring and rebounding punch uh, overall. But just keep in mind that he's not an a inefficient guy uh, overall, and it's not the most... Like uh, basketball IQ savvy guy, which means he'll probably turn over the ball and make some bad decisions in terms of shot attempts overall. But yeah, probably the the best offensive option that you can go grab uh, right now here um, in the short term. So that's going to wrap it up for the uh, Monday edition of the roto Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can always check us out on iTunes and Stitcher for a download convenience. If you get a chance to rate, review, subscribe, we would definitely appreciate it. We love five stars. You, and speaking of five, you can subscribe to this show and listen five days a week. So stay tuned to DJ Trainer, uh, Nick Whalen, uh, Ken Kreitz, and Shannon uh, McEwen and company. Uh, handling the uh, the rest of the duties all week long. Here, you can check me out on Wednesday here with DJ Trainer uh, on on this edition of the Fancy Basketball Podcast. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at as well at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.